0: everyone, welcome to Conversations with Kofaune. I'm Kofaune Medise and I'm joined by an incredible artist by the name of Thank Makachini. And uh, we are here at the Standard Bank of Joy of Jazz um, edition of the podcast and we're so privileged to be joined by really a connoisseur of music and messaging in a way you've never heard before. Hello, sir.
1: Wow, what an introduction. (laughs) It's really great to be here, it's an absolute honor. Thanks for having me.
0: I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people who already know you, but I've always been fascinated as to how one describes himself. So when asked who is Ndujuzo, who are you and what is it that you do?
1: Well, Ndujuzo Makatini is from Makongo in in Pitamarisweg and um, I come from a tradition of healing practices that kind of cements uh, knowledges or technologies of sound. And um, I grew up in that space where there was a very intimate relationship between sound and the cosmos. And so as a result, the ways in which we thought about songs and repertoires were underpinned by ritual ceremonies in a sense that uh, you don't sing a rain song if Ah. So in a sense, the song is really a result of being in the world, of being here, of being here now. Um, And so I kind of hold these spiritual modalities or religiosities kind of intimately through curriculum. I went to study music and of course through curriculum I was like kind of fighting against letting go Mm. of these things that matter so much. And that's been my journey. I'm a pianist, healer, decolonial scholar. Uh, I've always been in a university space and against the university. And, <laughs> and, and you know, uh, trying to really uh, push towards this idea of a pluriverse mm. as opposed to this idea of one universal that is biased to Western hegemony. And in those moments, our knowledge systems become peripheral. So I'm all of those things just trying to make sense of the everyday black technologies and black aesthetic while troubled by politics of post-coloniality mm. and these modalities of refusing these entanglements, uh, these violences that are caused to black bodies and black biography.
0: Absolutely brilliant. I think the interview is over because, oh, wow, well, <laughs> that was
1: <laughs> but um, let's talk
0: about. Af- I don't think you can talk about jazz without talking about rhythm, yeah. and the influence in which um, one's Africanness, especially yeah. when you really delve into ethnicity and where you came from. And you talked about, you know, singing rain songs if, yeah. if you want to conjure for some sort of rain. Oh. So what has I guess African rhythm, quote, and yeah. how has that influenced the type of jazz that which you
1: well, make? Yeah, the. I think the first challenge becomes the, if we think of jazz as as an as an Af, as an as an American art form, I think we have a challenge. Mm. Um, so, I think it's almost impossible to speak about jazz and omit the transatlantic slave trade. And within that, we think about how displacement is really the thing that informs the, the enunciation of sound with regards to jazz aesthetic. Yeah. So part of the things that were challenged across the Atlantic when our foremothers and forefathers were taken as slaves was that rhythm was banned in a sense that they couldn't dance yeah, because the slave master realized that rhythm was so essential that they could communicate sig- like very significant messages against the slave master and formulate modalities of escape.
0: Without having to use without, actual words. Without
1: words. yeah, Because remember, they were grouped in a sense that they were, they couldn't speak a common language. They, sure. That's that was the whole system. Yeah. So when they realized that they, they then they said don't dance was banned. Then they they started playing the drums, the talking drum, mm. the African rhythm, West African rhythm, and they realized soon that they would organize just talking <laughs> through rhythm, and they said no more drumming. And so over time, you know, you realize that these modalities of the, the violence towards epistemology, ways of understanding the world, linguicide, how languages were dying as a result of these displacements, then you you end up with this challenge of your own rhythm is taken away. Mm-hmm. So jazz really became a glimpse of memory and, and a modality of refusal against this erasure project that was kind of... Uh, uh, pushed by the, the the slave master's agenda. Yeah. And so coming back now to Africa, rhythm has been the fundamental way of being. It's an everyday technology. It's in how people speak, how people respect each other. I mean the notion of Intronipo in Isizoon, yeah. uh, really anchored by the Shembe Church. This idea of Intronipo is a kind of rhythm. It, you know, when, when people greet each other, you see that it's rhythm, all yeah, of that. It is. So if we think about rhythm outside of ways of being, I think we're doing justice. Rhythm is just the everyday technology that our forefathers and foremothers left for us that liberates an African mind, that liberates an African sounds and mm. music music uh enunciations
0: yeah and still on the uh, line of african jazz you also can't separate it from political and societal issues there we go right there we go and so the influence as well and i guess somewhat the the friction that it may cause and the disruption as well that may not be easily understood and it's How can a musical genre cause so much disruption within a society, within the political framework, more especially in South Africa?
1: Yeah. Well, I guess all of that holds as like the syntax um, ideas that are kind of housed in the sound. So I see sound as this energy field that houses all of these societal problems, it it creates space for all of that. And in South Africa, it's even more explicit. When we think about the 60s, uh, the Sharpeville massacre, or we think about the 1976 Soweto uprising, there's a way in which that informed composition in a very, very very deep sense. Uh, So it's not only a reflection of societal ills, but it's also a way of challenging so, it, so jazz, in this sense, problematizes, yes. it, it, it challenges, it theorizes. It is not only a backdrop, but a way to, uh, to actually project solutions,
0: mm. you know? society. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So that, that kind of relationship can never really be unlearned. It's, it's just jazz came out as a condition where the black body was trying to find its own freedoms and it would always mm. be that way.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. There was um I was a coach actually a friend of mine who was uh, studying at Harvard Business um, business executive business school and um, there was a statement that said. Uh, so this there was a statement that was said at the at Harvard Business um, Executive Business School it said I think like a jazz musician or something like that yeah. or think like a jazz artist mm-hmm. and I, I wondered what does that mean and what does that even mean hmm. for someone it in the executive kind of space?
1: Uh, yeah, it could mean a lot of things, but I think fundamentally jazz is informed by improvisation there and improvisation go. means to be here now and figuring things out in real time. So that's one of the ways to think like a jazz musician, right. to be here now and to be improvising your everyday life.
0: Mm. Yeah. And um, in closing, what would you say is, is really your reason for being? Because for you, I'm realizing that just throughout our conversation and the research I've done about you, that jazz to you is not just a means of following one's passion or making money, but it's, it's kind of like a life pursuit in purpose, uh, sort of like it called you. Yeah.
1: yeah it was yeah.
0: an alignment, yeah. a divine alignment of sorts.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's true. I came to jazz by mistake entirely. <laughs> I I went to study music, not necessarily jazz. And of course, I would learn that I I actually enrolled in a jazz program. I was like, okay, so what is this jazz? And of course, I was played many examples that I didn't like. I said, okay, if this is jazz, I really don't like it. Yeah and uh, this one time i was sitting in a music library and i found a john coltrane album called a love supreme and uh, i just felt like i could dance to this album and uh, from that day i said if this is jazz i really want to be a jazz musician essentially i come to jazz really looking for space to co-create my own lived experiences it allows me to say something about the world i want to see around me but also it's central to my practice, you know um, of course in the Botswana maybe they will say "goma," which means truth but it also means divination it means prophetic practices it's so there's a sense in which music is not really a standalone practice whether it's jazz or anything music was to be in service of a much broader everyday practices and cosmology so I I think that's what jazz service is. a divination tool. It's about having a glimpse of what tomorrow looks like.
0: Absolutely, Brian. Thank so you so much. So grateful. So I taught you a Zulu word. Magwande. Ma Magwande ma meaning abundance and abundance. Pula.
1: Pula, exactly. Yeah, people say, Pula, let it rain. Let
0: it rain uh-huh. and let it all rain on you. Thank you so much for joining us and see you next time.